Welcome back to another episode of Journeys with Susan and Larry. I'm your host, Susan, and with me, as always, is the motivational guru, Larry Donowan. Larry, it's always a pleasure having you. Thank you, Susan. It's great to be back and connect with our listeners once again. Today's topic is one I believe resonates with almost everyone at some point in their lives. It's that ever-looming cloud called procrastination. We've all been there, putting off tasks, delaying actions, telling ourselves, I'll do it tomorrow. But before we dive deep into strategies and solutions, Larry, can you shed some light on why we procrastinate in the first place? Absolutely, Susan. Procrastination is a fascinating subject, primarily because on the surface, it seems counterintuitive. Why would we delay something that we know needs to be done? The root often lies in a mix of fear, perfectionism, and the brain's natural inclination towards immediate rewards. Think of it as a battle between the brain's limbic system, which is all about immediate gratification, and the prefrontal cortex, the planner. When the task at hand doesn't offer immediate rewards or seems challenging, the limbic system often wins, making us put off the task for later. That's an intriguing way to put it, Larry. A battle of the brains, so to speak. It's interesting how our own biology can work against our best intentions. So, would you say that understanding this internal tug-of-war is the first step to overcoming procrastination? Precisely, Susan. Awareness is always the first step. Once we understand the why behind our actions, we can then develop strategies to counteract those tendencies. It's like knowing the tactics of an opponent in a game. The more you know about their moves, the better you can play your game. Well, listeners, as we unpack this further, stay tuned to learn practical steps and insights from Larry on how to tackle procrastination head on. It promises to be an enlightening journey, especially if you, like many of us, have a to-do list that's gathering dust. Now, Larry, while we understand that there's this internal battle happening within our brains, there are external factors too, right? Environmental distractions, perhaps the comfort of routine, or even the influence of people around us. How do these play into the procrastination matrix? Great observation, Susan. External factors can significantly amplify our innate tendency to procrastinate. Let's take our environment, for instance. If you're trying to work or study in a noisy, chaotic space, it's easy for the brain to seek out these distractions rather than focusing on a challenging task. Similarly, if you're surrounded by people who aren't particularly motivated or driven, that energy can be contagious. It's the classic, if they're not doing it, why should I? Mindset. It's like the saying, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. But let's flip that. Can surrounding yourself with motivated individuals help combat procrastination? Absolutely. Just as lethargy can be contagious, so can enthusiasm and drive. When you're around individuals who are goal-oriented and proactive, it creates a positive peer pressure. You'll often find that you're more inclined to get moving, set targets, and achieve them. In essence, it's harnessing the human instinct of wanting to belong and aligning with the group's dominant behavior. That makes a lot of sense. Now, many of our listeners wrote in about the eye paralysis by analysis syndrome, where they overthink tasks to the point of inaction. Could you touch upon that? Ah, uh, paralysis by analysis, a classic sign of perfectionism at play. Some people want every condition to be perfect before they start. They believe that if they think long enough, 
they can avoid every possible mistake. But in reality, seeking perfection is a never-ending loop because perfection is subjective and often unattainable. The fear of not doing something perfectly can, ironically, stop us from doing it at all. It's like waiting for all the traffic lights to be green before leaving the house. Exactly. Life is unpredictable. There will always be uncertainties, and waiting for that perfect moments often means missing out on multiple good, enough moments that could lead to success. So it's all about taking that first step, however imperfect it might seem. But once we take that step, Larry, how do we maintain the momentum and not fall back into the procrastination trap? Keeping the momentum going is crucial, Susan. And there are several strategies to ensure that. But one of the most effective ones is the two-minute rule. Something takes less than two minutes, do immediately. Completing these quick tasks can give a sense of accomplishment and can be the catalyst to tackle bigger tasks. The two-minute rule sounds straightforward and doable. Listeners, think of all the tasks you've been avoiding that could be wrapped up in just a couple of minutes. Tackling those can set the stage for bigger achievements. We'll be diving deeper into this and more strategies to keep that momentum going, so don't go anywhere. Diving right back in, Larry, we've established that getting started is often the hardest part. But once the ball is rolling, how can we ensure that we don't hit another procrastination wall, especially with long-term projects? It's a great point, Susan. For prolonged tasks or projects, the key is to break them down into smaller, more manageable tasks. Instead of viewing a project as one colossal mountain to climb, think of it as a series of hills. Each hill you overcome gives you a boost of confidence and momentum to tackle the next one. Ah, the power of compartmentalization. But let's touch upon rewards. How effective are they in the journey of overcoming procrastination? Reward systems can be exceptionally effective, especially if they're tailored to what truly motivates an individual. For some, it could be a short break or a favorite treat. And for others, it could be an episode of their favorite show. The idea is to give oneself a tangible incentive to complete a task. But remember, it's essential to be honest with yourself. The reward should come after the task, not before. Right. It's like giving yourself that carrot at the end of the stick. But Larry, I've heard you talk about accountability partners before. Can you share with our listeners how that works? Of course. An accountability partner is someone you share your goals with, and in turn, they help ensure you stick to them. Knowing that someone will ask about your progress can be a significant motivator. It's not about them policing you, but rather giving you that extra nudge or support when you need it. This can be a friend, a colleague, or even a mentor. That external perspective and gentle push can sometimes make all the difference. Now, while we're talking about external factors, technology can be a double-edged sword, right? It offers tools that can help us stay on track, but it's also riddled with distractions. Absolutely. On one hand, we have apps and platforms designed to boost productivity, like task managers, time trackers, or even apps that block distracting sites. But then, there's the constant barrage of notifications, social media, news, and so on. It's essential to strike a balance. Set specific times to check emails or social media and use technology to your advantage rather than letting it rule you. It's like setting boundaries, but with our devices. Precisely, Susan. It's all about being mindful of where our time goes and ensuring we're not letting precious moments slip into the procrastination abyss. Taking a step further from technology, Let's delve into the psychology of procrastination, Larry.
Is there an underlying fear or anxiety that often fuels this behavior? Brilliant question, Susan. At its core, procrastination is not just about laziness or poor time management. It's deeply rooted in our emotions. One primary driver behind it is the fear of failure. People often think, if I don't try, I can't fail. There's also the fear of success, where individuals are anxious about the changes and expectations that come with succeeding. It's interesting how our brains can trick us into believing that avoiding a task will somehow alleviate those fears. Absolutely. Our brain prioritizes short-term relief over long-term benefits. By procrastinating, we give ourselves temporary relief from the anxiety or fear. But as we know, this only compounds the stress in the long run. That immediate gratification versus long-term satisfaction. But what about perfectionism? I've often heard people say they delay tasks because they want them done perfectly. Perfectionism is a significant catalyst for procrastination. When someone feels that they need to accomplish a task flawlessly, the weight of that expectation can be paralyzing. They end up waiting for the perfect moment or more information to get started. But as we know, perfection is an illusion. It's more productive to start imperfectly and make adjustments along the way. That resonates deeply. Starting is often the bravest step. Now environment also plays a role, doesn't it? Can optimizing our workspace make a difference? Undoubtedly. The environment can have a profound effect on our mindset and productivity. A cluttered workspace can lead to a cluttered mind. By organizing our workspace, removing unnecessary distractions, and even adding elements like plants or motivational quotes, we can foster a more conducive environment for work. So it's about creating a physical space that aligns with our mental space, a harmonious setting where focus and motivation can thrive. Exactly, Susan. It's about making the outer environment reflect and reinforce the inner determination to get things done. Everything should serve a purpose, whether it's a tool you need or an item that uplifts your spirit. As we draw our discussion to a close, Larry, I think it's clear that overcoming procrastination isn't just about sheer willpower, but understanding its root causes and taking steps to address them. For our listeners who might be feeling the weight of procrastination, what's one piece of advice you'd like to leave them with? Susan, if there's one thing I'd love for everyone to take away from today, it's this. Start small. Don't feel overwhelmed by the entirety of a task. Break it down, even if it means working on something for just five minutes. Those five minutes can set off a chain reaction that can lead to hours of productivity. And always remember, progress is more valuable than perfection. That's beautifully said, Larry. Progress over perfection. Often, we get so caught up in wanting to achieve the perfect outcome that we forget the beauty and learning that comes from the journey itself. Absolutely. Every step, no matter how small, takes you closer to your goal. Celebrate those steps, learn from any missteps, and keep moving forward. Thank you so much, Larry, for shedding light on this topic. Your insights not only help us understand procrastination better, but also equip us with actionable steps to conquer it. I'm sure our listeners have gained immense value from this discussion. It was a pleasure, Susan. If this conversation helps even one person break free from the chains of procrastination and step into a more productive and fulfilling life, then our time here has been well spent. Well said. To our listeners, remember, each day is a new opportunity to take action, no matter how small. Thank you for joining us today. Until the next episode, 
Keep pushing forward and making every moment count. Thank you, Susan, and to all our listeners, stay motivated and take that first step today.